Welcome to the Esports Coaching Essentials Podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help level up your career and business. Powered by Coachify.gg, providing all of the tools you need to run your esports coaching business. Track your students, inspire them to succeed, and turn your passion into profit. Sign up for free today. Today I'm interviewing Nikola Kozmanovic, a professional esports coach, consultant, and founder of the Academy, a League of Legends-focused educational community where he's given over 6,000 sessions across 2,000 different students. Nikola, thank you for joining us today. Uh, hello, Joshua. It's a pleasure being with you today. So first, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Academy? Of course. Uh, essentially, the Academy is an educational community which ended up creating in order to in order to sort of enable people to connect with, with each other. Uh, networking in the business world ended up being the inspiration for the for the Academy as a whole. And what we try to do is uh, simply like just trying to play around of that around of that communication aspect of of improvement and of life as a whole. And uh, I simply connect people. I allow them to. I allow them to basically make friends, like speak to each other. We quite often mm. end up hopping into group calls, doing, uh, doing group sessions of sorts. Uh, and actually, just last week, what they ended up introducing as a new feature on the academy is that uh, once a week, like we shift the times based on, uh, based on what's happening with all the people that are on it. Uh, but once a week we hop into a group call like multiple members and we go through we go together through a vod review of their choosing everyone gets a voice like we go we go through it in detail analyze what's going on what's good what's bad and that like that proved to be an extremely good learning method for the people and it simply proves to be something that enables people to break the ice when it comes to when it comes to interpersonal communication very nice are those mostly students or do you also have other coaches in there learning you know how to get better at coaching uh it's for now it's mainly students gotcha very cool so why don't you give us a little bit uh background on how you you know first got into gaming and then esports uh, essentially, I live in Serbia, and Serbia is Serbia is a game. Serbia is a game. Serbia is not a game. Serbia is a country uh, which is which is it, it does not have English as its primary language, and like literally ever since I can remember, since elementary school, I was everything I ended up watching was sort of on on English, TV shows, movies. Slowly. Throughout that time, I, I was maybe like 9, 10, something like that. I started mm -hmm. getting into my first games. And uh, my, my sort of all-time favorite was, I'm not sure like if, if you do know anything about it, but the name is Rome Total War. And I was always like oriented towards, towards those strategic games uh, that allowed you to, to think sort of outside of the box and to, to, yeah. Approach, yeah, to approach different issues in a in your own manner that's something that i always that is something that i always enjoyed and ever since then it simply it simply went on like i was i was playing a lot of different games and as the time went by uh, my my english ended up getting better and better and i was getting to i was getting to league at not exactly when it ended up starting out 
but it was season two, late season two, I would say. And I was simply playing. I enjoyed the game. I enjoyed the thinking aspect of the game because it was not, uh, it was not uh, you go into the game, you slaughter everything. Like you have to yep. think about what you're doing in order to be good and successful in it. And I got, I got hooked. Like I, I got totally hooked on it. It was, it was, I was spending like a lot of time on it. I was actually combining that with an MMORPG that I was playing at the time called Perfect World. And uh, basically, like my days were summed up in studying, playing those games, and going out with friends. That's literally everything I did. And uh, as the time went by, like I ended up becoming better gradually in League of Legends. Uh, essentially, I peaked in season four. I ended up reaching reaching rank five. Like that was the that was my all time peak. And when I ended up like achieving that, since I was I was pretty young at the time, uh, I was thinking about what do I really want to do next? Because whenever I get into something, I essentially end up giving myself a goal, like a measurable goal regarding what exactly I want to achieve within mm -hmm. the field. And since that was something that I saw as a as a peak of sorts, uh, it was it was natural sort of that I started. I started thinking about whether I would want to go for for the professional career, but I ended up deciding against it, uh, not because I necessarily thought that I cannot make it, but because from my standpoint, it was simply not it was simply not uh, time effective. It was too much risk, and the, the odds of actually making it were pretty slim. So yeah. that's why I said, yeah, that's basically what, why I said no to that one. And uh, I did not really know what to do at that time. I, sta I started playing the game less because I peaked. I did not really feel as if there is much to achieve at that point. And a couple of friends started bugging me like, hey, come, come over, play a game for me. Hey, tell me what to do, what to do, what to do. And I realized at that point that coaching is something that, that actually exists in the esports world. Like mm -hmm. prior to that moment, I, it, it never crossed my mind. Like I did not know that, that coaching in the esports world exists. Like absolutely nothing, zero about it. And I started reading about it. I was, at first, I was like being simply interested in, in the topic, the way it works, what people do, how it's, how it's going. Uh, but then I ended up getting hooked to that one, the same way I ended up getting hooked to the game in the first place. And I realized that coaching is something that sort of, again, enables me to experience the thrill that I was experiencing when I was climbing for the first time, uh, while simultaneously enabling me to actually help other people to get them to to achieve their goals and to to help them to help them simply climb. And at first, it was not something that was paid. Like I was not I was not mm -hmm. really making any money from it. Uh, I was working it. I was doing it uh, as. Uh, you could call it like a volunteer work. It never crossed my mind that it is something that I could turn into a career. Yep. Uh, but as the time went by and as I realized that I want to I wanna do something, like I was deciding what I wanted to study and essentially studying costs, 
uh, I ended up realizing that I can actually monetize my my mm, let's let's say like my thirst for for coaching and for for improving others and that's how all of it started really uh, i started like getting the first clients charging the first client i ever got like this is a fun fact which i'll probably never forget uh, the first client i ever got was a guy from the he was from germany and he did not like he had no means of paying me aside of gifting me the rp so like literally the first client i ever had paid like 25 euros for like six hours of my time that was the mm-hmm. that was that was essentially the the price when i was starting out and i i was i was extremely happy and enthusiastic about it i was like yes i made it i sold the first one yep. and then it was since like it ended up snowballing and we are where we are today fantastic so do you remember what you you said you got that in rp Yes, like he, he ended up giving me like literally an RP code, which was worth 25 euros. If I recall, that was like 3000 RP or something like that. Awesome. How'd you find that first student? Did you, had you coached him for free before? Uh, actually not. Uh, I did not. I did not coach him before. Uh, that first student was a friend of my friend. So it was basically like a connection. And he ended up asking whether I would want to coach him and he wanted to pay. So since he could not really send the money, he, he ended up doing the, the RP payment and I was super happy to, to take that. So yeah, that was, the, that was the start. Very nice. Yeah, that's a very common theme that I've heard among coaches that, you know, a lot of coaches don't make the first move when asking for payment. It's usually kind of knocked into their heads by like, someone saying, Hey, you know, I want to pay you. I think you're giving enough value that I feel like I need to give you something in return for the time and effort that you're putting into this lesson for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I agree with that one. I agree with that one. Uh, Though nowadays, uh, with the with the esports industry growing at the pace, which it is growing at, uh, the amount of people who are looking to do it uh, without some sort of compensation is dropping down significantly. Uh, you're getting a lot of people who end up, uh, who end up, for example, you know, like reaching a certain rank and being like, "That's it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna transition into a coach," and then they literally like start charging straight away, and you do not really have like that transition period anymore. Interesting. So what would you say is your personal style of coaching? Mm, when it comes to my personal style, uh, it was like, I can tell you the story of, of how I ended up developing my personal style. Absolutely. Uh, so when I was getting into it, uh, I said that I was getting hooked to coaching as a whole, and I was doing a lot of research on the topic. And I, was, I would simply open up YouTube and I would watch a number of coaching videos from different coaches. Like, it does not matter whether they're popular, like think of LS, Nice, guys like those, or whether it was simply someone who is significantly less popular and who had like 500 subscribers. It did not matter. I would hop in and I, w- I would watch the video, analyzing the way they approached the students, stuff they did, and... I was, 
I ended up like picking up quite quickly that each one of them had some sort of an uh, of a unique approach and I was thinking about how I can make my approach stand out because I did not really want to want to be ah. just like one more guy in the in the same bracket. Yeah. And uh, what I ended up realizing quite quickly is that everyone were focusing way more on practical aspect of the game. Like even today, 90%, 95% of coaching that you can get uh, simply has that practical aspect to it. You get into, like if you were to book a coaching session, you get into a game, the guy hops onto the call with you and he's doing in-game coaching. Do I think that's a good thing? Not necessarily. Do I think that's a bad thing? I do not really. I think it can work out for some people, but I do think that the pool of people that that approach is able to help is actually extremely limited. Uh, because what ends up happening is that uh, what ends up happening is that as you watch uh, the the game itself, someone is telling you what you're supposed to do, and yes, the information is getting to you. Like you're, you do realize at that point. But quite quickly, like as soon as the game ends, you're going to forget more than half of the things that you were told. <laughs> and yep. it's not something that sticks. Like you, you cannot really have, you, can, you cannot really have a consistent improvement that way. Uh, the main thing that you do get from coaching of that sort is confidence. And that works out for some people. Like just just that initial boost of confidence ends up being more than enough to uh, to like push them over the edge to make them like break through and jump significantly. Uh, but in my experience, like uh, the best approach to it is a mix between theoretical and practical aspect of the game. So how do I personally approach it? Uh, First of all, I never like book multiple sessions in advance with with clients. Uh, I always start off with a single session uh, during which I watch a game. Like I do not help them out during the game. Mm. I sit back and I watch it, and I'm pretty much taking the notes, asking certain questions, but generally not trying to draw too much attention to myself because I want them to play the game the way that they usually do. I do not want to see any difference between that game and their average game. And once the game ends, we talk about it. Uh, we go through my notes. Like we, I, again, I tend to ask some questions and I explain what the client did well and what the client did badly and what exactly is actually going to have to be improved in order for him to advance and get himself to where he wishes to be. Uh, then based on that analysis, we end up creating the actual coaching plan for each person, for each person individually. And it consists again out of those theoretical and practical sessions. So in some cases, focus could be way more on the practical aspect of the game, which is like think about what I stated earlier. You hop into a game, I do live game coaching or do or we do VODs or stuff like that. But that is something that is usually reserved for for people who are at a really high level of the game. Like we're thinking high diamond plus. Okay. For the people who are below that, uh, it's more of a theory approach. So you have wave management. I see that you struggle with wave management. We do a theoretical session about it. I explain 
how you're supposed to approach it, what are the weaknesses, what are the benefits of different approaches, how to do it effectively. And then after that theoretical part is done, and after we cover two or three topics through theory, we end up doing one practical session in which I actually make sure that they can put all of that new knowledge that they ended up gaining into the game effectively. And if I were to, uh, if I were to tell you what I do think uh, makes me makes me unique and what I do think jumps out from a lot of other people that do that do tend to do coaching, I would say that this approach would be the thing. Very nice. I like it. I mean, especially in league, right? Like, as you said, it, it's very much more a game of like thinking and planning, like the micro mechanics, they definitely do matter and maybe matter more on some champions than others. But like the macro, the kind of planning out your next step, thinking about what the enemy is likely to do as their next step. Yeah, it, it, it definitely benefits so much more from someone being able to kind of give you that high level overview. Mm -hmm. I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree with that one. And as you said yourself, like League is, uh, League is a game that is significantly different from, for example, Valorant or Overwatch. Like, I do not think that there is no strategies in those games. I do think that there is a lot of it. Uh, but simply in League, there is significantly more basics. And those basics are the things that you simply have to, to master before you're able to before you're able to advance uh, to high level stuff and there is for example like something that a lot of people do not really understand uh, is the fact that there is a massive difference between wave management in let's say gold and wave management in high diamond and mm -hmm. as a coach you cannot teach high diamond wave management to someone who is gold you have to you have to simply take you have to take the client step by step because if you if you try to teach him diamond or gm level wave management straight away the guy's going to end up getting confused and you simply cannot have like one aspect of your playstyle boosted up to, to the maximum while the re while the rest of them end up being a two out of ten like it's not going to work out yeah completely agree so what would you say is you know the most important thing for an esport coach to know how to do or to learn how to do in my experience, uh, the most important uh, thing for an esports coach to do would be the, the art of communication. Communication is crucial. Uh, it does not matter what you're aiming to do if you're not able to communicate your intentions effectively and clearly to the people or to the, um, to the team, for example, that you're working with. Uh, it's simply gonna end up being uh, it's simply gonna end up being a waste of time. Like when you're working as a coach, you're working with different people from all around the world, and there is a lot of things that you as a coach simply have to adapt to. Like there are huge differences in cultures between, let's say, states, Germany and Korea, and you have to find the the approach that simply works to each one of those people individually 
while still being able to respect them and the time that they're willing to that they're willing to spend and invest with you. Great point. So you know you have a ton of sessions, you know, it's over six thousand. You know, looking back over your career to date, is there anything that you would have done differently, especially at the start? Hmm. That's a, that's a really good question. Essentially, uh, I think that I was lacking early on was confidence. Uh, there is a there is a really thin line between having a healthy amount of confidence and coming off as arrogant, and uh, being able to control that line is a really important thing, and it's something that is a really big challenge. Uh, when I was starting off as a coach, uh, I did honestly feel that uh, I, I did not feel as if my coaching was worthy enough at first. Uh, I was it was like a, it was a con, con, uh, it's, it was a constant uh, trial and error process. I was seeing what works, what does not mm-hmm. work, and I was quite often finding myself like questioning myself. Uh, as a coach, like again, you're working with people. Often, uh, you're gonna get people who are gonna who are gonna end up not respecting your time. You're gonna end up getting people who are gonna agree to go for the sessions. They end up bailing on you. Stuff like that happens. It's normal, and quite often those things can lead up to you doubting yourself. And uh, that thing, like that lack of confidence, sort of, that I ended up having early on, is definitely something that I, uh, that I wish I would be able to change. But again, uh, it is also something that enabled me to grow at the pace that I was growing at, and I do not think it was necessarily a bad thing. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. So... Especially, you know, in respect to the confidence, you know, how besides just, you know, getting out there, doing it and, you know, having that determination to keep pushing forward, you know, how do you you improve yourself as a coach? Mm, Well, first thing that naturally comes to mind is keeping yourself up to date with the changes that are happening within the game that you're coaching. doesn't matter whether it's League, Valorant or FIFA. You like that. That's a that's a must. Like you, you have to know what's going on. Uh, aside of that, you always want to keep an eye out on the on what the people around you're doing. When I do say people, I do essentially mean coaches. Uh, this is the field that is growing, and a lot of other people are gonna come up with different approaches, different strategies that you might also be able to implement. You, you essentially want to grow together and uh, being, able to, being able to do those two things is, I would say, essential. You want to be able to keep yourself on top of your game regarding the changes, everything that is going on. Like you simply have to, you must have the knowledge and you must have the connections because the more people that you're able to connect with, the more knowledge, again, you're going to end up soaking up. And as you go in, that simply enables you to tune in the sessions that you personally do. And additional thing that I personally tend to practice as well is that often uh, I can actually end up adapting things from other fields into coaching. 
personally, I'm uh, I'm a big fan of psychology. Like I have a really big collection of books, and I do tend to read a lot. And like you would be surprised by how often I end up being able to uh, to drop different things from psychology, or for example, even even management, which I also tend to do. Like something that is connected to a completely different field, you can end up connecting it to uh, to your coaching in league or any other esports game. And that is also something that can end up helping people significantly. So I do not think that uh, that you as an esports coach, uh, that, uh, that your duty is just to improve yourself as an esports coach. Your duty is also to improve yourself as a person and to constantly strive to improve the, the pool of knowledge that you possess. And then as you go through the sessions, quite often you end up being able to simply share that knowledge with the students, even though it is not in direct connection with the world of esports. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. And I actually, that, I think we're going to have to uh, get a list of your favorite books uh, after the uh, recording and put those in the show notes for people to check out. Oh, for sure. So what are you thinking, you know, for the future? You know, what's, what's your next goal that you're working towards achieving? Hmm. Uh, my next goal, that's, that's a good one. Uh, when, uh, when I do tend to create goals for myself, I usually tend to do it on a, on a step-by-step basis. Like I end up setting up like a goal that goes in for like, it's, it's like a three-month goal, six-month mm-hmm. goal, yearly goal. Five years ago, uh, regarding the regarding the coaching itself, uh, I ended up starting off with the I ended up starting off with the site for the for the academy, and I actually ended up creating a, a YouTube channel. Right now, I'm in the process of of finding a, of finding a video editor that fits my that fits my requirements, and I also in, intend to invest a portion of my time. Uh, into dropping the content on YouTube as well. I want to make some videos regarding the regarding the coaching, but not necessarily coaching alone. Uh, I'm going to be making educational content around of around the theoretical sessions that I do as well. And uh, in full honesty, I would say that uh, a goal for the end of this year would definitely to would definitely be to end up. Uh, attaining a sizable amount of su- subscribers on, let's mm-hmm. say, YouTube as a, as a step number one, uh, Instagram as the step number two, and of course, uh, I want to I want to keep on growing the academy as a, as a community, and I want to continue on adding adding more people and more connections to it. Fantastic! We'll have to have you on a future episode to check in and see how you're doing against those goals. Absolutely. It would be, it would be a pleasure. So to kind of close us out here, you know, what would be the most important piece of advice that you would give, you know, a brand new coach? Hmm. Uh, uh, An advice for a brand new coach would be mainly to focus on his game. Like if you have your approach, if you're confident in your approach, you're doing the correct thing. Listen to what the clients are saying, like you always must keep an eye out on that because those are the people that you're working with. Those are your customers 
and they are the ones that are gonna tell you what's good and what is bad. Just listen to that. Tune, tune up and listen. Always, after you actually finish up a session with someone, make sure to ask, what do you think about it? Is there anything you wish we did differently? Maybe, like, quite often you're gonna get some pretty bright ideas from the, from the students themselves, and this is a really important thing to do. And if you're doing multiple sessions with clients, uh, make sure that you're able to introduce in between of those sessions something that something that ends up being a little bit of a review session. Uh, it's not a session that you want to charge for, like it's simply you getting into a call with the client after four or five sessions have been completed and asking the question of whether he's satisfied and whether he's happy. How was the improvement coming up? Again, is there anything he would change? And I would want to put like a huge, huge focus on that, on that sentence right there. Always ask, is there anything you would want to see being done differently? I like that. Because I mean, like that's basically a session for you as the coach, right? It's not necessarily just for the student, though I'm sure the student would appreciate it. It's creating a feedback loop for you as a coach for, you know, how well you're doing and lets you improve. Absolutely correct. Like you end up, you end up being able to again shift up the approach. If you see, for example, that like maybe something that would happen to me sometimes is that I would make for someone an approach that is theoretical based. So I would end up doing like three theoreticals, one practical, stuff like that. And uh, when I do end up doing the review session, the guy would tell me, uh, "I really enjoyed everything was on point. Like I'm really happy, but." And when we do get to but, but is the important part. Uh, he, he would go with, uh, I would really love it if we were able to pull off more of those practical sessions. I learned the best that way and stuff like that. So that's fine. You do not necessarily want to shift up your complete approach because you are the coach, like you do know what you want to do each each client is your little project and essentially you must have starting point, deadline, and you must know what you want to do with it. Uh, but that simply means that you want to tune something so that he would be happier and so that he would be more satisfied. So when someone tells you that, you simply try to introduce more of those visual aspects in the theoretical sessions that you do with the person. For example, like if you're covering, like in league, it would be, for example, wave management. If you're mm -hmm. covering wave management, instead of just talking, open up the screen share, open up the either like a, a whiteboard or like an interactive map of League of Legends and the role, so screen share and just show him what exactly you mean. And that is how you're going to be able to stay on track with the theoretical aspect of the game while still being able uh, to respect the client and to give him that, that uh, visualization part that enables, him, uh, to, that enables him to simply enjoy the sessions more and to advance at a quicker pace. Awesome. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I really enjoyed chatting with you. There is a ton of great information in here for both new and current coaches. Uh, so where can people find you online if they want to connect? Uh, online, you can you can find me on, you can send a message always on uh, on YouTube. The channel name is The Academy. 
Uh, we have Twitter, it's also the Academy IE, and website, which is again theacademy.ai. That's like those are the three, those are the three main spots. Uh, and we're gonna end up leaving the Discord invite link in the in the description. So any of those options works. Awesome. We'll we'll be sure to put all those links there in the description in the show notes for anyone that wants to use it and get connected. Absolutely. Uh, it was again. It was an absolute pleasure talking to you. Like always. Thank you for your time. And I'm looking forward to to making the part two. Awesome. Me too. Have a good one. You too. Thank you.